Welcome back to another episode of the Sarah Clark Podcast. Guys, today I have the first person who has ever come back on the podcast, Herman, which this will also be posted to his podcast too, which we will explain what we're doing. Um, Herman and I had this idea. So Herman and I both have podcasts and we feel like, well, I'm sorry. Let me rewind. Herman, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, Sarah. How about you? Good. I'm doing good. I, I felt bad. I didn't, I didn't say hi first because I want you to be in this as I explain what we're doing here, but you're good. You're good. Basically Herman and I have done, have recorded a few podcasts together and we both feel that just like, it's pretty easy to conversate between the both of us. And we, we both feel pretty passionate about what we're doing. Um, so we were at the end of one of our podcasts, we're like, Hey, why don't we collaborate? And like, do more podcasts together just on like a specific topic um, and talk about our thoughts. And hopefully that can provide value. It's a win-win because we can post it to each of our podcasts. Um, and so that is what we're experimenting with right now. We'll see how it goes. And this is the first time we're doing it. Um, anything that you wanted to say there, Herman? Yeah, no, I think it's, you summed it up great. And I think I'm super excited about this. I hope people are excited about this when they hear it, because to me, you know, you were also the first one that came back for the first time um, on on my pop my podcast, and um, I think it's just super exciting because I feel like we have very similar philosophies in a way, um, and the way we like to coach and the way we like to think a little bit more nuanced about health in general. So, I think we're starting off and we're trying to call it a maybe coach's corner or something, but I would yeah. actually. I'd actually love to throw it out there. And if anyone has a better name than that, please let us know. Um, but totally. I think it's going to be a, a trial and error. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, we really want to make sure that this is providing value. So each episode will be, you know, us kind of having a conversation and talking, thinking out loud, but also at the same time, making sure that we've got a really pointed topic that people can walk away with some actionable insights and make sure that they can help make their lives a little bit better. Yeah, totally. So with that said, I think that with what you said, I think if anyone is listening to this and has a specific topic that they want Herman and I to talk about and want to hear our thoughts on, uh, DM either one of us and let us know. And honestly, we would appreciate that because even coming up with this first topic, we we're like, well, what should we talk about? Because there's so much <laughs> that we can talk about. But um, obviously we would love to provide value if there's a specific topic someone wants to know about. And I think with both with this too, we're going to try and be as honest and real and, um, you know, as, as we can with our thoughts and feelings around it. Um, so yeah, I hope people enjoy this, this segment, whatever we want to call it, coaching corner, Herman and Sarah, segment. I don't know. We can call it whatever it ends up being, or we can just not call it anything. I don't know. If anyone has ideas, sure. let us know. Awesome. Um, but today, today Herman and I decided about talking about the idea behind um, weight loss versus fat loss and why that is important to understand and why it might be helpful to the individual who is who does have a have a aesthetic goal or any type of goal, but Kind of kicking it off first, Herman, I'll ask you is what is the difference between weight loss and fat loss? And why do you think that that idea might be important for an individual to understand? Yeah. So this is, to me, just such a critical, important topic for people to understand when they're looking at making aesthetic changes and really thinking about like body fat and 
trying to lose weight. Like we, we use those terms interchangeably. And I think some of the, some of it is the fault of the industry that everything is directed towards weight loss, right? Like I just want to lose weight. And so everyone in their head is always thinking about like, I just got to lose weight. The number on the scale, that's the only thing that matters when you've been kind of looking and, and working with people and coaching people, you start realizing what, what they're actually asking for most of the time is they want to lose fat, right? Body fat, not necessarily the scale number. They think it's the scale number, but body fat. And there's a difference between the two. And the easiest way to kind of like think about it is our body is made up of multiple things that weigh stuff, right? And you've got fat, You've got muscle, and then you got like bones, you got organs, right? You've got blood and water, and all those things take up weight. A lot of that stuff you can't change, right? Like your organs or your, your you can change your skeleton a little bit, but it's not going to make that big of an impact. But the biggest triggers or the biggest levers, I guess, are fat and muscle, right? And those two things, kind of the percentage of what they're making up, that's how you get your body fat percentage. What percentage of your total weight is your body fat? And when you look at those two things, both of them can go up. Both of them can go down. They can go the opposite way of each other, right? Um, and the the composition of that is going to drastically change how you look. And so I think the easiest way for, for me to think about it is like, if you lose fat, very likely you're going to lose weight right? Like you're, you're probably going to see the scale go down. There's situations where that doesn't happen. Um, cause maybe you're gaining muscle, but if you are losing weight, it doesn't mean that's all coming from fat. And I, I think the way I explained it in my reel yesterday is like all, all birds can most likely fly, you know, pretty much all of them, but just because it can fly, doesn't mean it's a bird. Right. Um, so I had to like think that through for a second. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like a similar, like if it's a bird, it's probably going to fly, but if something's in the sky, it could be multiple things. It doesn't have to be a bird, right? It could be an airplane or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that with, with, with when people lose weight because, and I'll kind of kick it back over to you after this, but like, to me, here's, here's like the scariest part about it is that the recipe to lose muscle instead of fat is to lose weight as quickly as possible, do a shit ton of cardio and not pay attention to your protein at all. Right. And that is like what 90% of the diet protocols out there do today. So you end up in a situation where people will lose 10, 20 pounds and 80% of that came from muscle. Right. And so you end up like, yes, you are technically skinnier. You weigh less, yet you look and you're like, I don't feel, I don't feel better. Like, I don't like how I look. I feel like I'm just kind of like a little bit puffier. And that's because if your muscle came down more, your body fat percentage actually went up. Right. Which is interesting to think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so I think that's, that's super important. How, what else do you want to add to that? I I think I would just say like I think when most people have a weight loss goal, uh, I I I I hesitate you know generalizing this, but I think most people that have a weight loss goal are after some type of aesthetic that has to do with like seeing some of your muscle or you know obviously 
I think people are like, I don't want to get bulky, but I think most people would want to have like that fit, you know, muscular toned look and just losing weight isn't going to get you that. Um, Mm. And so I think that it's important for people to understand this because if you can realize to your point, if you're only after weight loss, if you're only after seeing the scale go down, inherently that's not actually going to get you the body that you're after. But I think so many times we're tied to a number on a scale that we don't realize that that number might not actually give you the result that you are actually wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that realizing that that the reason why this can be important it, too is is it helps you understand the scale better. And then we can talk about like you know you might achieve your aesthetic goal by weighing more because you are able to lose fat, but you're able to maintain some of that muscle. And when you're able to maintain some of that muscle, um, inherently, you know, we can also talk about this is like inherently your metabolism is higher. You're able to mm-hmm. eat more food, which, um, I, I think is, is what anyone would want to. Yeah. Yeah. And the, to kind of paint a, an example for people too. So, Recently, I I actually started um, doing the programming and the training for my younger brother, um, which is which is kind of a cool moment. So he's he's in college, you know, re- has gotten really into strength training over the last couple of years. Um, hopefully, because uh, he was probably just tired of seeing all my posts and was like, "All right, I got to try this thing for myself." <laughs> um, but you know, he's he was like, "Hey, like, you know, could you just build out one of your programs for me? Like, I just want to see what the difference is." And it's, it's so interesting. It's just cool to watch him learn like the, the, the first mm-hmm. year of like really strain training, you know, um, and, and seeing some of those things unlock. But he, he was like, why do he asked me today? He's like, why am I not gaining size? He's like, I am, uh, he's like, I'm 185 pounds. And a year ago I was like 170. He's like, but I feel like I don't really like really look bigger. He's like, I feel like I look tighter and I'm like, yeah, that's because yeah. you're building muscle. Right. So yeah. that, that whole, that whole thing that everyone's like, Oh, I don't want to look bulky. It's like, no, no, no. You're going to look toned. That That's, yeah. that's how you get toned. And that's the biggest thing is that I think freaks people out. Muscle is more dense than fat by like 25% more meaning yeah. if you weigh exactly the same and you gain 15 pounds of muscle and lose 15 pounds of fat you're going to look leaner yeah because the muscle takes up less space even though you weigh exactly the same which freaks people out right <laughs> because it's it's like wait how, how am i like how do i feel tighter how do i feel like my pants are fitting better even though the scale isn't moving down and it's because you're just converting now, not converting, like you're not physically taking body fat. I mean, it's two different things, but you're replacing that space that that body foot took up with muscle, which is, I think just such a key point for people to like visualize. Yeah. And I think to your point too, what's important for people to understand is lifting weights and lifting heavy weights specifically, you know, isn't going to make you bulky. Uh, And I'd even say, you know, there's this idea behind toned or building lean muscle mass. And I think Mm -hmm. that 
real quick, just busting some of those myths. Like I, I think the idea, like talking about the word toned is totally okay because we know what it means. Right. But I also think it can be important to understand that there is no such thing as toning. It's only you either build muscle or you lose muscle. And then the same idea goes with like building lean muscle mass. Um, I understand what people are saying when they say it, but there's no such thing as building lean muscle mass. You only build muscle and you lose muscle. How your muscle yeah. looks when it's built is really dependent on your genetics, um, mm-hmm. which is, which some, for some might feel unfortunate because anyway, like how, how it's actually really interesting learning about anatomy. Like how you're, I, I saw this Instagram post that talked about the anatomy of like, now this is a, a separate tangent, but like talk about the anatomy of your bicep, how depending mm. on where your tendon is connected depends on how much lift you get with your bicep. And some people who have like a shorter bicep muscle, their their bicep when they grow it is going to have like that bulge, I guess you'd say. I'm using my hands and no one can is watching obviously, but like yeah. has that bulge, you know, or someone has a longer bicep, they might be just as strong um, and have just as much quote unquote muscle but because of their genetic and the way that it's built, theirs doesn't bulge as much, you know? Mm, so mm. Any, anyways, it was, it was super interesting to learn that. But I think, I think those ideas are important to understand just so people realize that like you either grow muscle or you lose muscle. And if essentially, if you want to gain that toned look, um, building and lifting heavy weights and almost lifting as you are, like if you want to get bulky is essentially actually what's going to get you to that end result. And I would say for anyone who's, um, you know, who feels like, no, but I did lift and I, and I did get bulky. I would pose it back at them and be like, it's probably not the fact that you lifted too much and all of a sudden gained a bunch of muscle because essentially you're not going to get bulky overnight. Um, Mm -hmm it's probably the fact that you started lifting and because you started lifting, you probably started burning more. You got really hungry and you started eating more and essentially you just ate in a surplus and now you're just, you've gained a little bit of weight. That's not muscle because muscle does not grow that fast. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's there. That's, that's the, that is such an important part. Like, I mean, one good luck getting bulky. You know, yeah. it is. I wish I was like, I wish I would, if, if, if that was possible, I would have been bulky by now and I'm not. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> gosh it's dang a, it's it. a whole, it's a whole separate challenge. It's a whole separate strategy, you know, and, and like, just like, just like weight loss, you know, and they're very different things mentally, physically, like completely different challenges, roadblocks, all those things. So, but on, on the, on the opposite side, like when you're actually physically trying to eat more food, right. And I've been experiencing this you run into a whole separate list of roadblocks that, that make it hard. Like it's, it's hard to consistently eat more food than what you want to eat, you know? And even though it's not, it's not a crazy ton, but like you do, like there's literally people who give strategies for that. Like whether it's adding seeds, you know, or, or, or olive oil or blending your food, like some of those things to help you eat more calories, but it's, it's, not easy. You have to do it intentionally and it takes time. You know, it takes years to build, yeah. to actually get mass and, and muscle mass and to the point where you're like, I'm bulky now. And some people will never achieve it, you know, and it, it, to the point because like their genetics just don't allow them to go to get as big as what most people imagine, like a bulky woman looking like, right? Well, Cause they see them in like 
a bodybuilding show or somewhere like in a crazy like CrossFit competition. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times what you see there is people who are like at their genetic limitation of, of what people are. It's like seeing like a, a seven foot person, right? Like there's, yeah. there's not a lot of them that exist like that. A lot of them are, are using extracurricular drugs, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the reality too. Um, and, and some of some of the elder ones, like if you ask them, they're natural, they have been working on that for a long ass time. So totally. th- this idea that like, it's just, um, if I lift weights, that's just going to happen. It just isn't, just isn't reality. Yeah. The, the, the truth is, is it is harder to build muscle than it is to lose fat. Um, yeah. but the thing is, is, is the muscle is what's really going to give people that look, but people aren't spent. People are spending more time trying to lose fat than they are building muscle that they never, they end up yo-yoing and they end up never achieving that goal because they aren't willing to give themselves that time to build muscle. And I'd Mm -hmm. also say that building muscle is also going to help you to essentially lose fat, um, instead of, you know, losing losing muscle, but I, something uh, to your, to your point of, you know, to anyone who is, let's say the thing about getting bulky, that, that idea as well is if you ever wake up one morning and you're like, Oh, I'm just feeling kind of bulky from lifting weights and I'm feeling that way. You can always stop. Like you can lose muscle, so if, if you ever just want, if you feel like you're getting too bulky, you can always stop. Like you don't have to keep going. Obviously I would question and I would be curious to say, are you really bulky or like, what are you sure? Like, that's what you're actually feeling. Like, is it actually muscle? But mm-hmm. if there ever, ever comes a point when you're like, yeah, I've gone too far. Like I'm bulky now. You, you can always stop. You can always turn around. It's, it's not like this. You're stuck with it. Yeah. Great point. I, I that's, so many, so many, I use that example for so many things. Like I've, I've had someone who wanted to stop macro tracking after doing it for years, you know, and it was like one of those things like, oh, I don't know. I just don't know if I can do it mentally. And they said the same exact thing. Well, you can always go back to doing it if yeah. you don't like it, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, I, I could. Same thing. Like, yeah, like it's not like you trigger the muscle and then all of a sudden the rest of your life, you just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, like you've got to cool, intentionally, though. right. Like you got to yeah. intentionally, intentionally keep it going. And so I, th- I think uh, you're so right though. It's, it is a lot easier to lose fat than, and I know people are listening and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's easy to lose fat. Like neither one are easy, yeah. but building muscle is really hard. Um, and it just gives you, it gives you a whole different focus. You know, like that was one of the things yeah. that for me was coming from a place where I was always trying to prevent fat gain. Like I was, you know, I, I was a marathon runner. I did all the, the orange theory hit classes. I was trying to avoid carbs. I was trying to eat clean. Like all of my life at that point was like on defense of trying not to gain fat. And it's amazing because once you flip over to the strain training world, all that changes. Like you go on offense, right? Like now you're like, I'm, I'm not going, like if I gain weight, it's probably going to be from muscle if yeah. anything, right at this point. Um, and once you kind of start dialing in like, okay, cool. So this is, this is what it's like to gain weight, but actually enjoy the way you look and eat more calories and, you know, feel how, like you have more energy 
for life in general. It's a completely different mentality. And right now I weigh probably close to 20 pounds more than I did four years ago at, at this point. And I feel better than ever. And I promise if I look Amazing. back at pictures, I was probably skinnier back then, but I look leaner and more fit now for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. I honestly, I'm the same. I also weigh about 20 pounds more than I did a few years ago. And I'd say like, I actually posted a post today about that. And I would say the differences between those two pictures was about 20 pounds too, but like way stronger and, and way fitter. I like what you said about, and you mentioned this in a lot, a, a different podcast as well as the idea between like offense and defense, where I think so many times we are playing defense with ourselves where we're trying to defend anything that comes our way where it's like, as you can play offense in your life. Um, and in this case, like play offense by building muscle inherently, it's going to help with what you're technically trying to avoid, but instead yeah. you're viewing it from more like the perspective and the energy around that is so much different than trying to defend because you're now welcoming in like muscle, you're welcoming in growth, you're welcoming in all of these things that can only benefit you, which inherently will, you know, take away. Cause it, I mean, if we want to talk about like the, the, the science behind it, like if you do have more muscle, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to maintain a lean physique and to keep off the fat essentially if you have more muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That point is, is so important. One of the biggest things too, is we have to think about it that muscle is like we said, it's hard to build. It is incredibly easy to maintain. Yeah. Like the, the studies, I think it's, I mean, there's, there's different ranges, but it, I've seen out anywhere from like, you need one ninth of the volume to like one seventh of the volume to maintain the muscle you've built. Like literally an hour a week will maintain the muscle that you've built. And you can even go a couple weeks without it. And and if you start back up, it'll come right back, yeah. which is, which is incredible. So it's like, you're literally, you're literally investing, right? Like you're, you're putting it into a bank account and letting it kind of in like letting that. it kind of uh, grow over time. And the more you invest, the more you build, the more that the wealthier you are essentially, right? Like, and, yeah. and that's kind of the easier it is to burn fat <laughs> and burn more calories. And, and I know people will look and say like with studies that, oh, well, a pound of muscle, like you don't, you're not burning that many more calories from gaining a pound of muscle. It's only like four calories, you know, like that's people yeah. will say that, but you got to kind of take into account multiple factors. You got to take into account one strength training burns a shit ton of calories. Like you will burn more in a session of cardio, but you will burn more from strength training in the next 72 hours because you keep yeah. burning calories the next few days. So if you're doing that three to four days a week, do the math on how many more calories you're consistently burning. Right. And then the whole mental behavior side we have to include in the equation of how many calories you're able to eat. And if you're constantly dieting, constantly in a calorie deficit, constantly running on a treadmill, losing muscle, you're not going to have energy. You know, yeah. like you're, you're going to want to stay on the couch. You're going to find the closest parking spot you can to the store. You're going to tell everybody that you don't have, you don't want to go out this weekend because you just are too tired. And on the flip side, when you're building muscle, you're eating more calories to support that muscle, you're going to be moving 
way more. You're you're gonna go for walks. You're gonna run around and dance on the on the carpet. You know, like because you you're like ah, I, I just I just feel so much more awake now, and it's it's such a different feeling. And like so, yes, you're going to end up eating more calories. It's not because it's not because like muscle is this crazy metabolic burning. Like it does burn more, but it's because you have more energy. You're just gonna move around in life more, which sounds like a pretty great thing. Totally. And a lot of that stuff is like subconscious. Like I think that for anyone who's been in a cut, what's interesting is, is when you're in a cut, your subconscious movement goes down and you can almost, you actually start recognizing it. And I recognize it. Like when I'm in a cut, um, you know, I don't bob my leg as much. I don't twitch it. I don't like move my hands when I talk as much. Um, and when you're eating more, you know, you, which if you're growing muscle, obviously we're talking about the muscle, but like when you are eating more, you subconsciously move more, like your body has Mm -hmm. the energy to do that. Um, so I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I do think there are, you know, you do hear studies where, you know, increasing your muscle really doesn't burn that many calories, but yes, yes. But the behaviors besides it, like the behaviors that come into the act of building muscle is going to allow you to, quote unquote, burn more calories and allow you to be able to eat more. Uh, and yep. I'd also say, I think that Jenna Jenna uh, Lips and I did a podcast about, about this and I mentioned this in that podcast too. But I'd also say that building muscle is one of the best health insurance that anyone can give themselves. And I like, I like the idea that you're talking about where it's like investing in yourself. And I think that mm-hmm. that's one of one, the best health insurance you can give yourself. And one of the invest, best investments you can give yourself is investing in building muscle. And building muscle does take work. So there's so many benefits that you'll like the ROI of building muscle is freaking amazing. Um, health benefits, strength benefits, long-term benefits, energy benefits. Um, I would say you are going to save money by building muscle because I mean, when you go to the hospital, who do you see there? Right. You don't really Mm. see these super fit, muscular people there. I'm not talking about bikini competitors. I'm talking about just like, you know, well, you, you don't really see those people there either, but like, you, you don't really see like these lifestyle lean fit people. Um, and it goes to show that when you do focus on building muscle, it pays off yeah. like financially and like in your life. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, I did a post on that the other day, just like 10 benefits of building muscle that have nothing to do with just like looking cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's what everybody thinks about is like, oh, being a bodybuilder, building muscle, but it is, there's literally studies that show it's tied to longevity. The more yeah. muscle mass you have, the better chance you have of living a long and happy, healthy life. And there's so many benefits that we, it's, it's honestly, like you said, it's one of the most underrated pound for pound healthy habits you can do because one, it's great for heart health. You know, everybody talks about cardio as being like, oh, you got to do a cardio for your heart. Cardio is great, but building muscle also improves your cardiovascular health. It also, a major, major benefit of it is it significantly improves your insulin resistance. It will help you manage your blood sugar. And that is so important because one, we obviously have a rising type 2 diabetes population. Two. As you're as you're doing this, if you are able to better manage your blood sugar, you're going to have more energy throughout the day, right? 
different foods that you eat aren't going to give you that crazy spike and crash as much as they would if you have less muscle. And so when you can do that and you have more energy, well, what's going to happen? You're going to move more, right? Totally. And it allows you then to eat some more of your favorite foods without feeling kind of crummy, right? So there's there's so many down the road benefits that you get from it that goes way beyond just how you look. Yeah. I want to touch on something that you mentioned about like the insulin sensitivity um, and insulin resistance, because I think that there's a lot of trends going on around Instagram right now of like certain things to take to improve insulin sensitivity and, mm. you know, drugs and yeah. I've heard of, you know, berberine and like these different things to help improve these things, which I'm not going to bash on those. Cause obviously those have, uh, those have their, I could, I could, uh, I could say my thoughts on it, but I'm not going to because they have their time and the place and it really depends on the person. And if someone has type two diabetes, then yes, those things can be helpful. But I do think that the general population who don't need them and don't have type two diabetes are starting to turn to them, which I don't think is necessary. But basically what I'm trying to say is for those who are listening to this and have seen some of those products and don't have type two diabetes, but realizing that like building muscle essentially is going to help you improve those things that those supplements or those products are trying to tell you is going to improve, like build muscle and those things will be improved. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people to accept that because building muscle is so much harder than just like injecting yourself with something. Right. Right. And there's, and to your point, like, I think there's, if you're talking to someone who is type two diabetic right now, like, I think that's, that is the beautiful thing about the advances we have made in medicine, right? Like totally. there's a time and place for these things and they, they save lives and it's, yeah, and it's super I, important. I and so like, I think there's like, there's things that we should all be doing to naturally improve our health, but that doesn't like mean we throw away the medical field. Right. Um, which I yeah. think some people kind of, run that route. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to trust that. Like I, I want everything to be all natural. And it's like, okay, well then, you know, call me when you break your arm, you're not going to go to the hospital and get, you know? Um, so it's, I I think, I think it's like, there's, there's a population of, you got to do what you need right now to make sure that you can stay healthy and stay alive. And then what can you do to hopefully alleviate some of that without the medicine in the future? Right. And I think if you're type 2 diabetic um, or even, you know, pre-diabetic, then building muscle is a huge step towards it. What do you have to do to build muscle? You got to eat protein, right? Well, eating protein helps manage your blood sugar significantly. If you eat carbs alone versus eating carbs with a side of protein and a side of veggies, your blood sugar spike is a crazy difference. So. This whole, it's not just the the muscle itself, but but the lifestyle that comes with it of what you have to do to build the muscle helps with that piece too. And then the last piece that really helps someone who's type 2 diabetic is weight loss, right? And getting into a healthy body fat range and, and healthy body weight. And what does muscle do? It helps you lose that body fat. So to your point, like I think it's 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 all just all around a great way to invest in your future health while, you know, you're taking the medication now to, to help, um, alleviate the symptoms currently. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And for someone who doesn't have 
type two diabetics, but is being introduced to some of these things. Um, I think the point there too is just to say, I mean, obviously someone has their autonomy, they can choose what they want to do, but essentially one, if you're not type two diabetic or pre-diabetic, you, you don't necessarily, and again, you have the autonomy to choose, but you don't necessarily maybe need those things. And I guess the point that I'm making there is like just building muscle and making sure you're eating enough protein. And what you're saying is like balancing out your meals essentially is going to improve your insulin sensitivity rather than taking something that you don't necessarily need. Now, again, for a type Mm -hmm. two diabetic or or diabetic, pre-diabetic, those things may be helpful. But for like someone who isn't part of that, that category of like diabetes, um, just improving your muscle mass and making sure you're eating balance is going to give you that, that benefit. Yeah. A hundred percent agreed. So we kind of touched on it, but maybe we just jump into now, like what, from your perspective, what are the biggest actions people should take to make sure that the weight they lose comes from fat and not muscle and that the weight they gain comes from muscle, not fat. Yeah. I think that all comes down to, um, your nutrition and obviously I think movement has part of it to do too, but I think the big factor is your nutrition. Um, and just to the point that we've been talking about is making sure you're eating enough protein. Now, what is enough protein? Obviously that is very individualized. I would say anywhere between 0.7 to one gram per pound is, is, great. I would say even up to like 0.6 to one gram per pound. I know there are some studies Mm -hmm. that are saying that like 0.6 can still be enough. Um, so wherever you're, however much protein you're eating, just try and increase it a little bit if you're not yet to that point. Um, so I'd say eating between 0.6 to one gram per pound of protein. And if you're in the, in the phase of wanting to lose fat, obviously ensuring that you're in a calorie deficit. So ensuring you're in a calorie deficit, eating enough protein, is going to, and making sure you're lifting weights is going to help so you can lose fat instead of um, losing muscle. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. Like it's that it's, it doesn't have to be that difficult. The protein piece itself, you know, and they've done, they've done these studies and this is where all the confusion comes around of like low fat zealots versus low carb zealots. It's because you can find studies that show both. You can find studies that when you reduce the carbs, you know, people lose less weight than re- when you reduce the fats and vice versa. But the thing that no one talks about when, whenever they cling to one of those is that when you look at the studies where protein is an adequate level of above those, those ranges you set, like 0.6, 0.7, whatever, like above that point, it doesn't matter what the carbs and fats are, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's, and it's, and it is a drastic difference of, how much your body will prioritize protein or prioritize muscle over fat when your protein is high versus when it's low. It's it's a significant difference. So I think it's, um, you know, I would say that's one that like for anyone that doesn't track their protein, um, and has never tracked, it is well worth the time to spend at least a few days, you know, even three days, yeah. Of tracking your daily portions and weigh out, you know, buy a food scale, weigh out the actual proportions and see how much you see how much protein you're eating. Um, most of the time people are shocked by yeah. how much lower it is than the numbers that we said. 
And, and I think too, you know, like the biggest thing is so that's the minimum, right? Like if you want to, if you want to lose weight, go closer to that one, that one pound, one gram per pound. Cause totally. it's going to, it, it, not only is it going to make sure that the, the weight you lose comes from fat, it's going to help you probably even build a little bit of muscle going higher. And two, it's going to fill you up so much. you know um so so and try to get the protein from like whole natural foods right um you know protein shake here and there want like i I drink a protein shake daily it's not it's not a huge deal if you if you do that but you know don't be trying to get like a hundred grams of your protein just from from powders and and bars um because you're not going to get you're not going to get the the satiety benefits from it um but but yeah i think it's you do that, it's going to be, it's going to be hard almost not to lose weight. Totally. I think that it, I, I think it's important. I, I agree to the point where like, if you haven't tracked, it can be so helpful to track just for a certain period of time, because I think a lot of people out there might be feeling like that. No, I do eat a lot of protein because I drink a fair life every day. In all reality, like a fair life, the top one only has 30 grams of protein. I think you can get up to 42 grams of protein, which is great. That's great to include. But if mm-hmm. that's the only protein you're getting, that's not that's not a lot of protein as a whole for the day. That's a whole that's a lot of protein for one sitting, but that doesn't mean that take that's the only thing. Or you know, even some protein bars only have fifteen to twenty grams of protein. So if that's the only way you're getting in protein, that's really that's not enough to be honest. Even yeah. one scoop of protein powder isn't enough. So I think that people it can be helpful for them to track because. These protein bars, these protein shakes, if that's the only protein you're getting, essentially that's not getting you enough protein. Like you need to increase your protein. So yeah. tracking and figuring that out will if will only just open your eyes to see where you can improve and where you can start adding in protein. 100%. And and it has to be, you know, I think the one thing too is like a lot of times when people will will track, right? And or like I'll start I'll start off clients with a target and initially it's it's hard to tell like how much they can get to right so like i like to challenge them like i'm going to give them a higher protein target that they're comfortable with or used to let's see how close you get right but just because you're not hitting it doesn't mean you just quit right like oh there's yeah. there's way too much protein i'm so full all the time like i can't eat that okay well that that's where you can handle now right and after a few weeks you're going to be able to eat more your body is going to yeah. adjust to it and, and it's going to figure it out so, so be patient. Like if you need to get to 130 grams of protein and today you're at 60, you know, you're probably not going to get to 130 tomorrow. It's just not going to yeah. happen, but maybe you can get to 90 tomorrow, right? Maybe that you can have one more meal where for breakfast, you always just have like a waffle or something and you know, you, you throw in like a protein shake or you throw in some eggs and um, some meat or something that, that helps you get to that number. And you're like, okay, cool. Now I can add this on. Let's do this for a few weeks. And then we'll, we'll try to get to that 120 in a little bit. It's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. I think it comes with trial and error and experimentation. And um, I would say all, all my clients who have come on, who aren't used to eating protein, it takes them a few weeks and sometimes a couple of months to get the hang of it. And that's okay because eventually mm-hmm. if they don't give up, like eventually they do. And I have some clients who it's now like 
they look back and they're like, I don't know how I was not eating enough protein because it comes so habitual for them. But just like you said, it was a process and it took them week by week of experimenting, trying new things, going to the grocery store, trying something else, making new meals. And it's not a quick process, but it's a process that's so worth it. But yeah, yeah. Especially when you start noticing, you know, for me, one of the biggest things was when I started noticing how I felt after and during meals where I had a a good amount of protein versus meals where I didn't, you know, and I still, to this day, it's like, if I have, you know, I walk away from a meal where we were maybe out or like at a potluck or something and there just wasn't that much protein. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just eat this dip or whatever it is. Um, and it's like, it's night and day. If I eat, I guess like, let's use like a slice of pizza, for example. Right. If I have three slices of pizza or four slices of pizza, cause there's nothing else around versus if I eat like two slices of pizza and I have a, you know, a steak or a chicken breast or something on the side. And then like a little like garden salad or something. It is night and day. What I feel like an hour later, it's crazy. Like I, I totally feel fine. Like it, I, I don't have that crazy energy crash that, that most people are used to or what I was used to for a long time. And so I think it's like almost now I crave the protein because I know it's going to make me feel better the rest of the day. Yes. I like that idea. And I feel like that could be a whole podcast in and of itself is just the idea of like you eating the pizza and you not restricting yourself with the pizza, rather pairing it with other things. And that's what makes you feel good. So instead it's like, instead of like the idea of like, no, you can't have pizza. It's no, maybe pair it differently. And that's what makes you feel good. But obviously that's a whole nother subject. And I think we could talk about that as well, like your relationship with food. But yeah. I think that this has been overall like um, some great points. And and I'm curious if before we wrap up, if there's any other points that you think we should touch on regarding this subject. Um, You know, I think, I think the one thing that I would say, and I see this with just a lot of clients is it takes some time and it's not easy to reshape your relationship with the scale. And I think it's very hard when people for the first time, you know, start a, like I have this moment with almost every single new client where they start strength training. They've never really done like a full strength training program where they're actually tracking and increasing. And so it's really the first time that they're like truly building some muscle, you know, um, and eating more protein and all those things that now you're going to start signaling muscle gain for your body. And you have that, you have that freak out moment at some point, probably usually like by like week four or five where they call you and you know, or or they have a check-in and they're like, ah, I, I, I'm just so, I'm so frustrated. Like the scale has gone up two pounds and I don't know, like I feel, I feel stronger like I feel great, you know, and like, yeah, my, my pants are fitting a little bit better, but I'm so frustrated. The scale hasn't gone down. Like that's all I want. Yeah. And it's like, and you can, you kind of like take a step back and say, you feel stronger. You have more energy. Your pants are fitting better, but just cause the scale hasn't gone down. Like you don't, you refuse to look at all of that as success. Right. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a while to kind of rewire and be like, yeah, no, it's, you know, it maybe it's okay if the number on the scale isn't dropping because I'm just building muscle now. 
and I'm, yeah. and I'm becoming leaner. And I, and like the best part is when you see clients shift from that. And now every week they're like, you know what? I went, I went to a baseball game and I went and sat down in a seat and I was like comfortable. Like before I was so uncomfortable. Like I felt like my hips were like rubbing against the edges. I fit in it just fine. Oh, by the way, the scale didn't really go down at all. But yeah. you know, it's like they like completely like don't even care about that piece anymore because they understand the process now. They understand that losing fat and building muscle achieves what you want in the end, even though the scale is not achieving what you think you wanted when you first started. Yes, I totally, totally agree with you. And I have multiple clients who come to my head too, where the scale hasn't changed as much, but they're like... I'm feeling stronger in my soccer game. I'm feeling stronger doing this. I feel really good. I feel empowered. I went on a run. I'm feeling really strong. I'm like, holy, this is so freaking amazing. Like, it's so exciting. Or a client who's like starting to see a definition and her legs um, and the scale hasn't really moved. And I think that I think the scale can be can be really helpful um, to understand certain things and a really great tool. But in certain circumstances, I think it's also okay to put it away and really focus on like how you feel and what's cool about building muscle in this process. Like from what your client and my client like they felt is you start the difference is you you start realizing how you feel rather than how you think you should feel based on what the scale says. Mm. And getting to that place is just so empowering and. And exciting. And that's not to say it won't be perfect. There's still some days that I step on the scale. And even though I've done a lot of work around my relationship with the scale, there's still some days I step on and the emotions get to me. But I it's just I just have to remind myself. I just have to remind myself of the work I've done and how good I feel and everything. So um yeah. anyways, I'm glad you brought up the scale point because I think that is really important. As you do start building muscle that muscle weighs something and it's, it's got to weigh something. So if you see the scale go up or if you see the, see the scale, not move at all, um, don't freak out, please. Yeah. I have, I've tried, this is like my phrase that I have tried kind of like coining or, you know, just reusing all the time. But I just, I always try to tell people the more muscle you build, the less you will need to diet. Hmm. And I it's, agree. It's not because you burn all this magical fat and, you know, it all just comes crashing off. It's because you start realizing that you don't need that scale to drop as low as you think it did to look the way that you want. To look and feel the way you want, I'd say. Yep. Amen. I think that. Awesome. That was a good point to finish on. Awesome. Um, well, anyone who's listening, if this resonated with you or if you guys have any questions about what we talked about, um, do Herman and I a huge favor and DM one of us. If you really want to help us out, Herman's good at putting this stuff at the end of his podcast. I haven't yet, but if you want to help us out, leave a five-star rating. Obviously, we both have a podcast, so we won't complain if you do it. Whatever, whatever one you're listening to, go give Herman a five-star rating if you're listening on his um, give him a review too. take a screenshot, post it on your story, um, and tag us. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas on what we can talk about in the future, please let us know. We would love to hear Herman, anything else you want to, to say? Both. Subscribe, subscribe to both. You got to make, yeah. you got to make sure <laughs> to see, to see that, that in the future episodes. Yes. I, subscribe. I, 
I uh, every time I record that piece, I have to do it like ten times because I forget to say both words. <laughs> so it's a, but but seriously, it's a it it does help a lot. So um, if you guys enjoy the show, let us know um, and let us know what topics. We want to make sure that we're providing as much value as we can. Perfect. Cool. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Bye, guys. <laughs>